welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, ola, jam, bonjour, buna, and previat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And, you know, I know you'll be really happy because... We have a very special guest with us today, and I'm so excited for our conversation. And our guest today is Jackie Stewart, who is a soul truth illuminator and quantum guide. How amazing is that? Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. And please. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Well, um, so Soul Truth Illuminator is something that just uh, surfaced for me in the last few months. I was a mindset coach, so I work with the unconscious mind to help people make quantum leaps in their change, meaning all of those things that we've been working on for years that we feel like we're on the hamster wheel about and no matter what we do, we can't seem to shift it. Uh, that's where I come in and I help you to make those changes quick, more quickly, more effectively to get fast results. And when we're able to dig into the unconscious mind, that's where the, the massive change starts to happen. So in my work with this, what I started to realize that as we start to do a deeper dive into ourselves, we really start to discover all of the things that we've been hiding from, all of the things we were told we shouldn't be or shouldn't do that really our souls are calling us to do. And I began to realize that in the work I was doing with my clients, that we really were shining a light on their true essence and when we could get back to someone's true essence deciding what to do stepping into new behaviors beginning to visualize the life you wanted became so much easier so i'm transitioning into this role of really working with not only the unconscious mind but also the higher self, or some people refer to it as your soul, that part of you that is uh, directly connected to all things in the universe, the divine, God, whatever word you want to use for the powers that exist outside of ourselves, as well as working with and teaching people how to work with energy, how to move energy, how to manifest things into your life, what's stopping you from doing that, so really how to make changes on multiple levels. Yes, I love that. I love that because I think that is what I have noticed as being one of the challenges, I think, in the traditional approach to 
to uh, mental health, physical health, like all kinds of like health and wellness is that uh, in the traditional approaches, there's this tendency to compartmentalize different parts of us. And um, in some ways, of course, um, you know, there's a value to that uh, because when you bring a focus on a certain aspect of yourself or a certain aspect of an issue in some ways you know um that that obviously does help raise your awareness about the issues around that and um you know that awareness can be very helpful but at the same time i i am coming more and more and more to the realization that when it comes to like finding and implementing solutions in our lives that are really truly going to have a long-term impact because they get to the root cause of things we have to take a much bigger picture perspective because ultimately everything is interconnected and interdependent um, and so it it doesn't um, I think make a lot of sense especially <coughs> in the long term to just focus on one part of us at a time we really do need to have that more holistic approach hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the happiness 101 program are you a change maker coach trainer or healer are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. I, I totally agree. And what I've learned in the work that I've done is that what we think is the problem so the thing that we can put our finger on and go, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. So whether it's a habit we can't seem to break or you know, it's issues in our relationships and it keeps happening over and over again. If you can name it, that ain't it. Mm. There's, it's come into your conscious awareness, right? But there's something else going on underneath that that's feeding it. Yeah. So the picture I always like to create for people is we think about weeds in our garden. Right. And we can come along and we can we can pop off the top of the weed. Right. And then our garden looks nice for a while and everything's great. Right. But that weed's always going to pop back up and it may not always look the same every time it pops up. But because we haven't gotten down to the root, if we pull the weed out from the root, mm -hmm. it doesn't grow back. And so what people say are their problems or recognize their problems to be are often the symptoms of a much deeper seated belief that is feeding the behaviors, the beliefs, the, the programming that we're running 
that's keeping that weed at the surface. Yes, yes, I love that analogy. And to take it even a little further in terms of, you know, having a bigger picture perspective, sometimes it's like we get so focused on, okay, I just need to uproot this singular weed, but not think about, well, why is it there in the first place? And how can I do some prevention in terms of the weeds not growing so much in the first place? 100%. So, you know, there are three prerequisites for change. The first thing you need to do is clear out the weeds, right? You got to understand what's running and get at a deep level, right? And so what I talk about is we gotta, we've got to clear out all of the past connections you have to a lot of negative emotions. We've got to shift your limiting beliefs or limiting decisions um, that are stopping you from moving forward. So we got to make the unconscious change first. The second thing that happens is that you've got to take action, right? So I can go in and I can put in a whole new program for you in your unconscious programming. And if you choose to do nothing with it, nothing changes. So we clear out the stuff that's not serving us. We decide on the actions we want to take and we start doing them and using the unconscious mind tools, it becomes a lot easier to do the actions. And then the biggest thing I find with my clients and in my own experiences is the third prerequisite is you've got to focus on what you want. Yeah. Right. So many of us are not even aware of the patterns we're running in our thoughts. Mm. Right. And we're, we're shocked when all of this stuff shows up in our world and we go, we can't manifest anything. I can't manifest. I've attempted the law of attraction. I've watched the books. I've done the things and nothing's showing up. It's showing up. What's showing up is what you're thinking about. So even if there's chaos happening in your world, then there was chaos happening inside of you and it has manifested. And I was reminded of that the other day, even personally doing this work, right? If we allow our thoughts to spiral out of control, we'll watch our life do the same thing because we are all powerful manifestors. You cannot not manifest. Yes, it's like we are manifesting all the time. Everything that we're experiencing in our lives is everything we're thinking, right? Right. Everything we're thinking, everything we're feeling, all of that is sending out signals to the universe saying, "Bring me more of this." What you focus on grows. So I teach my clients how to shift and check themselves. Right. If you're thinking about what you don't want, and here's a tip because the unconscious mind actually cannot process negatives. So if you're constantly saying to yourself, I don't want this, it doesn't hear the don't want. It just hears, this is what I want because this is what I'm focused on. Bring me more of that. Yes, exactly. Uh, It reminds me of the saying, um, nature abhors vacuums and so it's sort of like uh to to apply that lesson in this context it's sort of like uh or going back if you go back to the other analogy with the weeds it's not enough to take out the weed you you can't just leave nothing 
emptiness because nature abhors vacuum. So it's important not only to take out the weed, but to then plant something in that space that you really want because nature abhors vacuums. You cannot have nothing there. If you don't choose what you want to be planted in that area of soil, that something else will come and try to grow there. So... Right. And, and we let, that's when we allow life to happen to us. Yeah. And we have a choice because everything that happens in our lives is happening for us in some way, shape or form. So if we've got a experience or a behavior or a pattern that keeps showing up in your life, the question to ask yourself is what lesson am I missing? because it will continue to show up because it requires some change on our part. People will often think they're stuck, right? And it feels like you're stuck when you're on this sort of hamster wheel of going around and doing the same things over and over again, but we're never stuck. We're either moving forward and growing or we're slowly declining mm. one or the other. It's, it's nature at its best, right? If I have a house plant, I either water it and it grows or I don't water it and it slowly dies. Yeah. So it's those choices we're making minute to minute, hour to hour. Are we moving forward? And where is your focus at? Are you focused on your growth and willing to step into the discomfort of growth sometimes? Or are you trying to play it safe, stay small, stay in what you deem to be your safe place? But I guarantee you, if you're not moving, that's when all of this stuff we don't want starts showing up because we haven't taken control. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Um, So one of the things that I know, Jackie, you you talk about that I find so helpful um, is, you know, this idea of a sort of becoming aware of the boxes you've built yourself into. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I I think you've already touched on it a bit, but maybe a little bit more would be helpful. So we know that as we develop, right, from the time we're very young children, up until the age of seven, we walk around like sponges. Mm -hmm. And we're really, we're exposed to different people, starting with our parents, Um, We then go to school and we get exposed to other friends and teachers and people who are influences on us. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along those lines, you know, society or our parents or whoever it is comes along and says, this is who you need to be. Mm -hmm. This is how we do things. This is right. This is wrong. All of those things. And so we start attempting by the time we're seven and eight to figure out where do we fit into this, Mm -hmm. right? What am I gonna believe? What am I not gonna believe? And with each belief that we take on and usually about ourselves or about society and how society should run and how I fit into society and my community and my family, we start putting ourselves in different boxes. And if we we sit back for a minute and actually reflect, you may find that the way that you behave when you are at work versus the way that you show up when you're with your family, versus the way you show up when you're with your friends could be completely different. A different version of you shows up in each of these circumstances 
because the way you're choosing to behave or be in that moment is based on the expectations of the people that you're with. Mm. And this is all done unconsciously because we started at a very young age, right? Mm -hmm. So we make these choices. We don't even remember when we made these choices that in order to be accepted, I need to behave like this, right? So by the time we hit adulthood, we have compartmentalized ourselves into all of these boxes of how we feel um, we need to show up in the world. And we've lost complete connection with who we really are at a soul level, who we came down here as, who we're meant to be. <clears throat> and because we get, fear sets in, right? If I show up and I'm loud and bold, they might reject me. They may not want to be around me. If I challenge people's thoughts and behaviors, right? They may not talk to me again. Yeah. And so we're, we're constantly in this sort of balancing act between stepping into our own truth and liberating ourselves so that we can live the life we want Mm -hmm. and attempting to please everybody else around us at the same time. And This really came to light for me through my own recent experiences of attempting to be the perfect student, the perfect trainer, the perfect girlfriend, the perfect friend, the perfect daughter, right? And so I started to realize I had lost complete connection with myself because I I was concerned about how to show up for other people to minimize any impact that it would have on those relationships. Hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. The way you just uh, framed this uh, and shared what you just shared makes me think about this Indian movie that I was watching actually just last night. Of course. And um, it's actually one of the most popular in movies in Indian cinema history. It's been the longest running Indian movie in Indian cinema history. Uh, Anyway, the theme in it was exactly what you were talking about, at least one of the major themes in it, where the heroine in particular in this movie, she's a very uh sort of like uh, growing up in a very traditional indian indian family and and part of that uh, of the culture that in her family especially that she's growing up in is that there's lots of expectations that are placed on her about how she needs to be and she takes all of that on and interestingly uh, you know where things start to happen in the movie is when um, uh, she she is about to um, like she she gets the news that oh um, you, you you know your marriage has been arranged and the time has come for you to get married and she makes this um, and and so at that time and uh, you know um, she has also. Uh, at the same time that she gets this news she she has uh, just come from a day where she was hanging out with her friends and her friends were like please come with us for this trip around Europe and she's like um, 
she goes to her father and this is like one of the I mean I felt so sad when this dialogue happened and she's like father please let me go on this trip before I get married because you know I I will never get this chance again and I will take this one trip and and live my entire life's desires in this one trip and then you know I'll do what you want and I'll get married I'm like oh my gosh this is just so sad right <laughs> and and but her dad is like oh you're such an amazing daughter please go go live your life in this one month uh, this month long trip and then come back to me and you know and i'm like there's something really wrong here and you know she's just um this 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 living into expectations you know but then the thing that continues to sort of bother me throughout the rest of the movie is exactly that you know like what the, the dynamic that they show between like especially the father daughter relationship is that she's like this one way when she's with her father where she's very quiet and doing what she's told but then when she's out on this trip with her friends she's like dressed in a way that i'm sure her father wouldn't approve and she's out and about you know doing all kinds of things that i'm sure if her father knew Yeah. wouldn't approve and then actually when by the time she gets back from the the trip she has fallen in love with some guy and the dad finds out and there's this whole drama about you broke my trust how could you have done this while you were out on this trip and you know all that kind of stuff so um and then when she's back in uh in the space with her dad she goes back to oh I'm sorry dad I broke your trust you're right and all miserable and off they go uh you know for her to get married um you know the arranged marriage and stuff and so yeah and and this is like such a common thing that i mean i think so many of us experience like certainly i know in my culture I, i've seen that a lot i have done this at various points in my life also um and so it's just it's a very common well, experience yeah it's a very common experience and and you know i grew up in a fairly white predominant culture um where there's a lot more liberties and freedoms right in what you can do and that being said i was also raised in a religion mm. and so you know i spent the first 16 17 years of my life in this indoctrination of which i am very grateful for because it it did instill a lot of very good morals and values uh that i still carry today and the funny thing is is that my sister and i both being raised same household same same religion right maybe i had more of a rebellious spirit in me But you know, we were both raised that women in the church, you grow up, you get married, you marry a return missionary, and then you have children, and that is your role. Your role is to be a mother. And when I went to university, which is the interesting thing, is that I went to university so that I could be educated and get a job if my something happened to my husband and I had to support myself. Right? Mm-hmm. It, because at that point in my life my intention was I was going to grow up 
get an education, get married, have children, be a stay-at-home mom, right? And devote my life to that. And then I went to school, right? Went away to school, had my own experiences, got out working and went, wait, I actually love this. Mm. I was a teacher for 16 years and I loved every minute of it, even the ups and downs, right? And my sister on the flip side also went and got an education mm -hmm. and then got married, married the return missionary, had four children, became a stay-at-home mom, right? So she followed that. And in each, each of those paths, we've both gone two very different directions. My mother will constantly say, I wish the two of you would just come a little bit closer together because I abandoned the religion altogether. And my sister went even harder into it than we had been raised, right? Now that that resonated with her and her soul. Yeah. Mine had more of a rebellious spirit and was like, I'm gonna go figure this out for myself. Now, my spirit also sometimes likes to do things the hard way. Um, but you know, I came back around to a lot of the same lessons and teachings, but in a way that resonated with me because that was the experience I had to have. Yeah. So my life has not played out anywhere near how I thought it was going to play out when I was 20. That being said, you know, I, I took off on a plane to England. I lived in England for nine years. I had different experiences that filled my soul because I needed to travel. Mm -hmm. I needed to be, to be moving. The fact that I've been back in Canada for almost as long as I was gone, that restlessness starts to show up again. And I'm like, why am I staying here? Is it because people expect me to stay here? And what is my soul mm. calling for me to do in my next evolution? Yes. And here's the other thing. It may have worked for you then. Mm. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you now. Because yes. we're not meant to stay the same. Yes. Yes. Going back to that idea of we need to be growing. We need to be growing. You can't stay the same. That is such a good point because uh, I think that's that's another um, potential mistake that I know I have sometimes found myself making um, that I will actually you know go really deep in terms of introspection and be like okay what direction i go in right now and and then i take that direction which is all very good but then i just sort of like keep going keep going keep going and don't check in and be like hey do we need to make any adjustments is there a different path to take at a certain moment in time when things might begin to feel a little off and so forth and there's just this like no 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 just stay on this one one path so i love this uh experience uh, this point that you're making about yeah you may need to shift because like if, if i've learned the lesson then it's like okay now i need to take another path so i can learn my next lesson Yes. Yeah. And here's the other thing to remember is that, you know, we learn the lesson and then the universe is, or God or whoever you want to say, is going to test to see if you mm -hmm. actually learn the lesson. So yeah. for example, right. Um, I've learned about boundaries. 
And now I'm starting to set boundaries in my life, right? I'm not accepting the same behaviors. I'm learning to say no. They're going to throw a situation at you where it's going to go, but, and are you really going to honor your boundaries? Are you really going to say no? Yeah. Right. Are you going to let that toxic person back into your life mm. or were you really done? Yeah. Right. And it's once we've sort of proven, we've learned the lesson. Well, then there's other lessons to learn. Welcome right. to the school of life. Yes. Right. We think we leave school when we're, when we're done, you know, high school, college, university, and then we enter into the school called life. Yeah. And it is about this continual learning, evolving, applying, pivoting, reflecting. Everything is always in motion. Nothing is ever stagnant. Right. And therefore, it's like you said, we go down this path and it may have been what felt like the right steps at the time that we took them and they were. Yes. And then we get to a certain point where we need to reevaluate and go, is this working? Does it still feel good for me? Yes. Or do I need to pivot something because this is no longer the direction that I'm meant to go? And people often think that means, well, I got to abandon everything and start from scratch. Mm -hmm. No, sometimes it really is just a pivot. Yes, yes. And the example, like from my own life experience that comes to mind for me right now is, um, you know, like growing up, um, I was also raised in a family that, you know, we are practicing Muslims. My whole family identifies as practicing Muslims. And I think I was in my um, teenage years when I made a conscious decision to sort of look into the teachings of my religion. Uh, up until that point, I'd been just like following along what I'd been taught. And when I started to look into things for myself, um, at that time, there were a number of things going on. And what happened was that I, I didn't expect or, or consciously make a decision to take a dogmatic approach to religion, but I sort of, that's what I found myself doing. It's like, I started, I got obsessed with learning about all the rules of uh, of the religion in terms of what's right, what's wrong, what's allowed, what's not allowed. And, um, and then I was like, not only am I going to learn all the rules, I'm going to follow all the rules. And so I got very, very like focused on this approach to living uh, my religion. And it, I, I mean, I was like so obsessed with every little detail like for example we have um you know um like if you're being observant there are rules to follow around dressing modestly and so there is actually guidelines um, that you know you should have your arms covered all the way to your um breasts and um just using that as an example and so if i had even one inch of my arm showing above my wrist i'd be like freaking out about it be like oh my god no pull the sleeve back down yeah <laughs> you know like that kind of a thing so um and for a while you know that made me feel very empowered and 
like the sense of like power and control in my life like I was like okay this is helping me figure out what what the right thing to do is and I am doing it and so it made me feel like I was in control and able to exercise some power in my life and at that point in my life I needed that sense of you know uh, order and stuff Uh, but as I was growing um, into my 20s and I was in college and stuff I started to find these attitudes that I had developed and this approach of being you know so focused on the rule and being so like um, focused on following the the rules like so strictly and all they were starting to like um, feel like a hindrance like there were things that I was now wanting to do that I was like oh I can't do this because it doesn't follow the rule and you know and it was starting to compromise my sense of happiness and inner peace and um, the sense of control and stuff that I had gotten satisfaction from before wasn't quite so satisfying anymore you know so something was shifting um and thank god i allowed myself to shift well and this is it because as we grow and have more experiences and meet different people and put ourselves in different situations we start to expand our thinking yeah. Right. So when we're when we're young, yes, we do everything that we're told to do. And, um, you know, being raised in that religious background and even into my 20s and 30s, exploring different religions, like I was always seeking something. And um, what I learned was religion is fabulous for providing a foundation in which you can build upon but if we go into it blindly and just blindly follow everything right religion is still you know as much as we have prophets and we have you know guided guides that we deem to be um put here by god and that they're in communion with god i can commune with god the same way they can commune with god Mm -hmm. and they're still human so there comes a point where even within a religion and we talk about you know forming a testimony and testimonies aren't just about religion right i have a testimony about the tools that i use because i've seen the impact that they can have yeah we we need to start at some point sitting with each of these pieces of guidance and going does this resonate with me and this is where we get back to building that relationship with our own soul Mm. where we can sit with it and go following this particular rule right like you were using your um, example of how I dress right do I in my soul feel like in order to be safe and protected, I need to be covered from head to toe the way that I've been guided? Or do I feel like I just need to do this part and I feel like I'm honoring it? Because ultimately it's going to come back to how you feel in how you show up in the world. So we, you know, instead of just blindly allowing other people to tell us how to live our lives, 
we start to take the pieces of information we're getting and we sit with them and go, is this truth for me? Because if it resonates with my soul and it's truth for me, then it's fun and easy to do. Mm -hmm. And if we're fighting ourselves all the time, yeah. we need to check, does this even resonate with how I want to live my life? Yes. And, and I think one of the reasons why it's so important for us to check in with how any particular rule is sitting with us is because context matters. The context within which we are applying the rules matter. And the context is constantly changing potentially, you know, because things change, like cultures change, um, we change, our circumstances change. And so it doesn't even make sense if you really think about it, that you would be able to apply one rule throughout all of time for all people in every situation um, when all of this change is happening. And so, you know, when we look at even rules like, okay, dress modestly, well, you know, even the very idea of what does a modest dressed dress mean? Uh, I mean, those notions themselves have changed. And, and we don't even have to look at different cultures to see the change in those notions. We can look at even one single culture and within that single culture, even these notions of what modest dress means will change uh, within different parts of that same culture community. There will be different notions of what modest dress means like in the Muslim community, there, there is so much diversity, you know, not all Muslims think the same when it comes to what does modest dress look like and Muslim, Muslim ideas, the ideas of Muslims about what modest dress looks like have changed over time and different Muslims, like, like, for example, Indian Muslims versus Arab Muslims have different concepts of what modest dress looks like you know so it's like you have to and like in my case i've actually moved around also uh jackie like i started out life in india and then you know we moved to the middle east and then i lived for a few years in pakistan and now i'm living here in america and so like that was one of the things that sort of forced me to like reevaluate uh, how I was interpreting things and whether the one very specific interpretation that I'd been trying to hold on to was even relevant or accurate anymore. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I think the key part of all of this to, to circle back to what we started talking about was it's it's really the deeper you get to know yourself and really know yourself. Who are you? Who do you want to show up as? What impact do you want to make on the world? What brings you joy? What is it that you need on a daily basis to feel fulfilled and thriving and to have the energy you want and all of that? The, the deeper we go with that and the, the more we know ourselves, one, the easier it is to love yourself. Mm. Two is the easier it becomes to differentiate and make those decisions. Because like you were talking about, whether we decide consciously or unconsciously, we're making decisions every moment of every day. 
People say, I can't decide. Well, not making a decision is deciding, right? We're always making decisions. It's what decisions are we making consciously? What yeah. decisions are we making unconsciously? And how are those having an impact on my life? Is it creating the life of my dreams that I get excited about waking up every day for? Or am I sitting over here completely miserable because my life is about everyone else. I don't even know what my own needs or wants are. I can't decide whether that's truth or not truth because, you know, my mom's saying one thing, my dad's saying another thing, my husband says something else, and I want to please them all. So you're all right. Like, versus going, no, in my soul, and, you know, we talk about soul, but I'll tell you that it's not even just, you're not going to feel it necessarily you on a soul level you'll feel it in your body yeah. right you'll learn to notice the signs of how information shows up to you or up for you in your body yeah right so there's different ways that we can experience the world and everyone knows that gut feeling right mm -hmm. where something just feels off and i am going to tell all of your listeners the one truth that I have learned in my journey to trusting myself, if it feels off, it is off. You don't need evidence that says it's off. If it feels off to you, if something, if somebody's speaking to you and you're like, that just doesn't sit right with me. Yes. Then it may be their truth, but it's not yours. And you do not have to take it on. We get to decide what yeah. we take on as beliefs and not beliefs. And, and the, you know, the fun part of this work is going in and figuring out, like reevaluating the beliefs that we, we have at the moment and going, where did that belief come from? When did I decide that that was true? Yeah. And most of the time it's before the age of five. Right. It's if we take it into the money world, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. We have to work hard for everything we have. Mm. Is that a belief that really resonates with me? Because, you know, growing up, that's, that's what I was taught. We work for what we have. You know, we always have enough. If you're telling yourself you always have enough all the time, you're only ever going to have enough. You're never going to have more, right? Uh, money doesn't grow on trees we hear all these things as a kid from our parents and then we believe them and we act them out. Well, if I shift my beliefs to, I am abundant in all areas of my life and abundance flows to me, to me and from me and everyone around me is abundant. Then suddenly things start showing up and I'm going, where did these come from? Mm. Because I shifted my belief. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. You just made me think of a bunch more questions, Jackie, and we're running out of time for right now. So we're going to have to make you come back for a second episode so we can keep talking. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Do you have any thought to wrap up with for right now? Life is a journey. Yeah not a destination every single one of us is human mm. and therefore it's never going to be a straightforward process because yay human we we feel all our emotions we react differently to everything the journey is 
back to you. Mm. It's not outside of you. Everything starts inside of you. And so if you can focus your journey on becoming 1% better every day, getting to know yourself 1% more every day, honoring your truth 1% more every day, that's what's going to lead you to living a life that you feel you get excited about that yeah. you're thriving in and it's the most rewarding journey that you will ever take yeah. oh, thank you for that thank you for that jackie and for my last reminder to our listeners uh, for right now is please make sure you check the show notes because we will be dropping Jackie's links in the show notes so you can connect with her and continue to learn with her and get some help and support whenever you feel ready for it. And until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.